oh my god, he's here. And he's reasonably priced. Oh. <laughs> and he's reasonably priced. <laughs> so, he's reasonably priced. so we get in line. This is the day after I had bought my Jar Jar mask on Amazon because I was feeling right. left out. So I had my Jar Jar mask. He bought that. We literally got to Chicago. He bought the Jar Jar mask, had it shipped to the Airbnb, and then that was that. Incoming transmission from an unknown source. It seems to be urgent. Patching them through. They're calling themselves the Holonet Marauders. Hey guys, welcome back to the Holonet Marauders podcast. I'm AJ, joined by my usual Bombad Jedi pals, Jamie and Matt. Today we have two very special guests from the West Coast, <laughs> Ryan and Becca. Who we haven't actually met in person, but we're we're good friends over Instagram and whatnot. So, uh, how are you guys doing? Uh, doing well, just uh, chilling, enjoying the weather. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Chilling chill on the West Coast. Yeah, chilling on the West Coast. Just got back from Tython. Is that is that correct? Yeah, that? we went out to the Rocky <laughs> Peak Nature Preserve, which is the only place that the Mandalorian has shot with actors on location uh we walked the what was it called the oven mitt rock trail <laughs> um and we we visited what, what else did we see we saw the big one for me was the rock where uh fennec shan stands at her like sniper vantage point and then that's obviously right next to where boba fett uh made his return in the story that would actually make me like boba fett um <laughs> and then we saw a couple other places like where the battle was and whatnot but it was fun did you find any uh, stormtrooper greeblies on the ground we did not but Ooh, i looked yeah. you know i looked <laughs> they were actually apparently glass out. <laughs> apparently the production was super thorough on their sweep because the uh the preserve doesn't usually allow filming and was really strict about what could and couldn't happen i don't know mm. makes sense but Maybe there's a Greebly out there embedded in the sand somewhere. I gotta look. Yeah, there's <laughs> you gotta bring a shovel imagine. next time. Almost oh, definitely. <laughs> we'll never be allowed back. So today, we have you guys uh, all joined here with us for a very special occasion to talk about the the holy grail, maybe, of Star Wars movies, The Phantom Menace. Easily the most popular. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> depends who you ask. Between us, maybe. But... Um, <laughs> Before we get too far into it, it's definitely, this is a highlight of why it's one of our favorites. And we just want to make that clear. Hey, yes. we love the Phantom Menace. Oh, most and it's just one of our favorites. And that's why we're doing a whole episode about it. Yes. Oh, yeah. So I guess we could kind of go around and say, like, what are what are the some of the main things or a couple of things maybe that stick out to you? It could even be one thing that sticks out to you about the Phantom Menace and why it's special to you or nostalgic or, um, you know, just what, what makes it one of your favorites. Um, we can start with Ryan or Becca, whichever, whoever wants to go first. Becca's got to go first. She's got a lot to say. <laughs> uh, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind for The Phantom Menace is the the Handmaidens and Padme. I just mm -hmm. immediately loved them. I loved these young teenage girls, like, fighting and being so cool. Um, and I, I think that really stuck with me, especially, but it still sticks with me. Like I still think about them every day, almost just how cool they are. Yeah. You just see the, think of uh, the opening shot. You first see Padme in just that iconic red dress. It's just something that you, it's an image you can't get out of your head and you don't want to get, get it out of your oh, head. Yeah. And it's, it's perfect. <laughs> mm -hmm. you, we were talking about this earlier. I found yeah. the power of the force, the red with the red dress. It's the only figure in the three and three fourths inch scale that they've ever made for that outfit and i feel like that's like the most iconic outfit of the prequels in my opinion yes. like that's the yeah. thing i think about when i think about the prequels and like my childhood with star wars is like that dress and that look for padme yeah and yet we don't see it often which is so crazy yeah i guess we can move on to ryan's point <laughs> oh, good. i was still <laughs> thinking <laughs> about it I'm, it's just like we can, we, we can be talking about padme's dresses for I, like ever i could go on for too long <laughs> This is an episode about the dresses, unfortunately. But we can bring it up again at another point in time. Y'all should do an episode about the dresses. There's a lot there. We should. I think what it is for me, I was thinking about this the other day when I was talking to AJ about this episode. I mean, like, full stop, just going to get this out of the way. The first time I saw The Phantom Menace, I hated it. I don't know if I stayed awake the whole way through. <laughs> 
But then, after I saw the original trilogy at my mom's insistence, uh, I went back and it was my favorite for a while. It's it's still up there for me. And I think that's because The Phantom Menace took the universe that we knew and just expanded it. That's what I like about it. I like that it, everything that The Phantom Menace introduced to me feels like it always existed in Star Wars before The Phantom Menace and we just never saw it. Like, pod racing was always there. Naboo was always out there. This is always what the Republic had been. We just didn't know. And I think that it's organically Star Wars, but it's so new and different. Yeah, it it really is the first Star Wars movie to kind of expand on the galaxy. Like you said, uh, you know, the originals, we pretty much just see, you know, we get a look in the cantina and around Tatooine and uh, what's going on in Bespin. But it's really focused on the war and uh, mm-hmm. the rebellion. But, yeah. you know, with the prequels, Phantom Menace kicked it off. It's we get to see like civilization and what's going on and it shows politics and pod racing and all that good stuff it's yeah uh, it definitely it's awesome on a galactic scale the phantom menace and solo are the only two star wars movies that do not take place during a war and i love that hmm. yeah hmm. that's a good that's a good I point never i never thought, thought of that. that and i love both of those so yeah. that makes sense <laughs> huh they're making it a war though in solo i mean like the empire is on minban doing Oh, what yeah, time. but it's like, getting there. Yeah. It's like little military <laughs> actions. It's not a galactic conflict. Sure, sure. Yeah. Not the greater... In a yeah, Star Wars yeah. sense. <laughs> okay, mm. okay. I'll give you that. <laughs> okay, Matt, you're up. So <laughs> The Phantom Menace for me, first of all, I saw that I saw it in theaters. It was the first Star Wars movie that I'd, I'd ever seen. I was only four. And I remember being in like a rundown theater and my mind was absolutely blown when the Gobi fish appeared on screen. And I'll never forget that for as long as I live. Uh, that was like my favorite thing when I was a kid. I was obsessed with the fish in The Phantom Menace. Um, but I think- Still are. Yeah, well, still are, true. Uh, but I think the main thing for The Phantom Menace for me is that it feels so distinctly different from not just like the other trilogies, but of the other two films in its trilogy. It feels so separate. First of all, it's separated by 10 years of time, but also it was filmed on film. Mm-hmm. And that look uh, mm-hmm. just feels so distinct and different from the, the digital film that the other two, uh, digital film, the, the way they were filmed <laughs> digitally. Um, it just feels way more organic. And there's just something about the look of a film that's filmed on film. Like, how many times am I going to say that word? Um, <laughs> that just, just makes it so distinct. Uh, and the film just feels way more organic. They filmed in you know um on location in many in many respects uh that it's just so much in the background that's all just really like um physical it just feels way more physical than the other two films i think there's more uh the sets are more real uh and more practical effects were used in that movie than i think the other two in the trilogy and i think that that amounts to a lot for me i really like that kind of uh mix between the original trilogy and the other two prequel films it's kind of like a bridge between those two in terms of effects i think the phantom menace is to date uh the movie with the most like models and miniatures built by the fx department so you're yeah. right on hmm. they they went nuts with that yeah. movie it's awesome yeah i love watching the um the behind the scenes i think it's on youtube even and it's on you uh star wars page on youtube and it's it's a documentary about the behind the scenes of phantom menace and it's literally like if you're ever in a bad mood, just put that on. Yes, it'll it'll boost your yeah. day up. It's so good. The original like Jar Jar, they they filmed it in the back of a pickup truck, like looking around, and oh, it looks so good. <laughs> hearing hearing George tell Steven Spielberg about the battle droids, and hearing him call them Goongans, uh, will brighten your day oh, yeah. no matter what. <laughs> yes, that's that like is actually like perfect segue for like what I've been trying to think of the entire time of what really makes it special for me and for the Phantom Menace it it is 100% my comfort Star Wars movie it's something that like I can just watch and I feel totally like at ease watching it because I know that there's really like nothing like at risk here I know that like no one is going to like die a really dramatic death although we know Qui-Gon is going to die and he's one of my all-time favorites but like but like (laughs) but like besides that we know that everything else is just it's pretty much like a light adventure and that's something that you don't necessarily 
you you don't necessarily see it in like a Star Wars movie. And like AJ just mentioned with the behind the scenes documentary, that's it just makes me have such like a greater appreciation for it as well, seeing how much really went into it because the whole production aspect of it, it was a time in which like digital production was really becoming the lone form of production for filmmaking. And so they were, it's this weird blend the entire time of all of the classic stuff, but then everything that's brand new. And you look back on it now and it's just like, oh, I can literally do that here on my own computer. And they have like a team of like 10 people doing it. And it's yeah. like, whoa, whoa. And that was only now like 22, 23 years ago. And it's like, geez. So, uh, right. So like, th- that's like one of those things where I, I, I love it for that aspect alone of just seeing how far we've come in that sense. But comfort movie. That's the point I was trying to make here. Yeah, <laughs> that's, it's, that's, that, that's it. That's why. <laughs> it's absolutely a comfort movie. And that's why we have it on the TV like 30% of the time. Yes. Yeah, Maybe more. Much. I don't know. <laughs> We it's don't know what we opened Disney Plus and we're like, what are we putting on? Mm, Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. <laughs> there, there it is. Yeah. I think we're gonna <laughs> watch it, it tonight. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> what I love, I don't know. I feel the Phantom Menace is the Star Wars movie. I feel the most nostalgic about, and I guess because it was the, you know, the prequels are what we grew up with. In 1999, I was uh, six years old or whatever. So. I don't know. I just have the memory of getting the the toys with those the backing there, and you know they came up with them recently at celebration and whatnot. And yes, we just we just did an unboxing video of random stuff from there, and that's kind of what made me want to do this podcast episode. It's the merchandise yep. around uh, around Star Wars then is you know it's that's one of my favorite things. And just thinking about 1999 and getting all that stuff, the the Phantom S video game, which we're probably gonna play after this. Oh, <laughs> Um, just slaughtering Mos Espa as Qui-Gon Jinn oh, for no reason. That's where, Don't that's where we're going to be. Yeah. On Mos Espa. We actually, that's where we are in the game, too, so that's perfect. Oh, oh that's my God. Be great. Oh, yes. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I hate to say, again. I hate to say, like, everything outside the movie is what makes the movie, because I love the movie so much, but um, I guess just to be different, it I'll, is, though. I'll go with that. Yeah, it's, and, you know, for Star Wars today, too, I mean, like maybe that's what started me being a collector of all this stuff and whatever. But one of yeah. the big things with like Star Wars in general is like you ha- you have the films, but obviously there's so much um, supplementary material out there to make the films even better. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. episodes two and three would not be as good as they are without the Clone Wars. That no, that's 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 a fact. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. So with the Phantom Menace, there isn't really that much like around it to like beef it up. Although we do have Master and Although, Apprentice now. Yeah, but, and um. It's the Padme novels. Thing. Oh, right. yeah. And the Padme novels E.K. Johnson. Correct. Oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Those are great. Yeah. If you guys want to talk about those maybe a little bit, we can do that. But... Oh, Becca can talk about I'll, those. Yeah. Even, <laughs> even speaking about the, the Handmaidens and the, the Gregory Pack um, Vader series, you know, they, they tied up a lot of loose ends on Naboo that, from Phantom Menace. Oh, that was and great. And mm-hmm. the Handmaidens having their own, like, little... Avenger style group. I don't know what you'd call that. Like they're all there with their weapons and their badass outfits. Um, yeah, I would love to see some players do that. Right? Yeah, the Amidalans. Right. Yeah, and Rick Ollie, rest in peace. <gasps> oh. oh god, <laughs> that man, my boy. There's so many. There's just so many great side characters from Phantom Menace that are just. I don't know. They're just stuck with me, and I don't know why. But Captain Panaka. Oh um, man. But oh, R.I.P. Him too. Right. He got. Uh, he became a monster. Uh, I don't know what happened to oh, him yeah. after he became a mom. Um, I don't think we have that. Have have you what what's the spoiler policy here? None for anything, I assume. <laughs> yeah, Depends on I mean, what the spoiler is. Is it something that has been released recently? Uh four years ago, the Princess of Alderaan novel. I I would just say anybody Talk interested in learning Talk how about it. All right. <laughs> Captain Panaka, Moth Panaka shows up there uh, when Leia makes a state visit to Onoam, one of the moons of Naboo, whose spice miners are still disgruntled all these years later. And uh, he recognizes a familiarity about Leia, but he isn't sure what it is. And then he starts to place it, and then things get interesting. Read that book. Huh. I, okay. Yeah, I just read the Wikipedia page. <laughs> But I'm devastated. (laughs) Panaka made his choices. And uh, yeah. This is great. All right. And so did did Hugh Corshi. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Hugh Corshi. Our our good friend, Hugh Corshi. Okay, first of all, 
I Googled, I Googled his name just to make sure I was pronouncing it right. His wife is named Annika. Fun fact. Huh. Huh. So there you go. What do you know? <laughs> and apparently his kids fact. are also famous, but I don't know them. What do you know? Huh, I didn't know that. Huh. Freya and Maya. And Casper. I forgot oh, you guys crap. met him. Yes, we did. We, we did. Oh. We did meet Hugh Korshi. Oh. That was a we very did, spur yeah. of the moment type thing. So was that the one that we bought while we were in the food court? Or mm-hmm. was that one we bought yep. when you we were was. Okay, so we were hanging out at Celebration, as one does, just chilling in the food court mm-hmm. with friends that we've been talking on the internet for forever, but never actually met in person until then. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. As one does. Not you guys, though, because we still, haven't, we still like, haven't met you guys in person, even though, whatever. Um, we saw your car. That's true. And you saw Pesto <laughs> from across the room, our beloved flesh porg, but go on. Yes. Yes. We saw- anyway. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're looking through the photo ops and we're like, oh, who can we, like, meet that's, like, reasonably priced? And so, like, our traveling group is a group of four people. And we're like, oh, well, let's all just, uh, I guess, meet Captain Panaka. Why not? <laughs> and then we're like, you know oh. what? We're selling this. Let's meet Captain Panaka. This is great. And well, lo and the, behold, so we bought the The whole thing. thing started when we had our life-changing Phantom Menace uh, watch through the night before. Oh my God. When we- Right, right. The best night of my we life. We got whole, we got back to the Airbnb. Was it we after celebration or was it, it after just like a day of wandering around Chicago? It was it like was the, the first day, day we were after, in Chicago. It was the day after we went to that speakeasy and then I didn't feel oh, well. Good and times. Then we, oh yep. So we get home whatever that was. from a long day of touristing in Chicago and we were like, what should we watch? And, you know, uh, AJ and Jamie already explained when that question is brought up, it's The Phantom Menace. So we put on The Phantom Menace <laughs> and, oh my God, we had the most fun time watching it together. It was just nuts. It was like a life-changing experience. And one of the things in the movie was when Panaka turns to Qui-Gon and says, we can't take her highness hair there. The hut's a gangsters. And I'll never forget, we we found a rap on YouTube, we listened to it all night long, oh, and Panaka man, became our this. favorite character. So the next day, when we're sitting there watching all of these people in line to meet their, you know, favorite people, uh, we're sitting there like, oh my god, like all these people are so expensive, who should we meet? And we And it was like a light bulb over the table, because we all were like, <laughs> Panaka, oh my god, he's here, <laughs> and he's reasonably priced. That. Oh, <laughs> he's reasonably priced. So, so we get in line. This is the day after I had bought my Jar Jar mask on Amazon because I was feeling right. left out. So I had my Jar Jar mask. He bought that. We literally got to Chicago. He bought the Jar Jar mask, had it shipped to the Airbnb, and then that was that. And then wore it around the next day on the floor. And we're in line. We approach him with our Panaka figure in the case that we had just bought. And the... Jar Jar mask, and he looks at them, and, he, and his face like lights up, and he goes, "Hey, it's the unlucky duo," and that sticks yeah. with me. I don't really know what that means, but I mean, Panaka is not an especially lucky man, and Jar Jar is definitely not. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. He and so the picture is is the four of us, and then him in between us and he's holding the two things because he like held them and everything and then as we're leaving um Ahmed Vest obviously was also like at the convention and um he's just like oh you know he's like two doors down like right and we're like yeah but we wanted to meet you wanted with like a wink you. and he's just like okay <laughs> <laughs> he was really very cool. interesting experience <laughs> very very cool dude I love that so I was gonna go around and ask everyone who their favorite character from the from Phantom Menace was, but uh, I think it's, you know, we'll all kind of name obvious people. I mean, we can still do that. I mean, do you guys want to do that or? Yeah. Well, you, yeah. you had me talking about mine already, but I'll pick another one. But but should we like <laughs> not name an obvious one? Like who's your favorite that nobody else would say is their favorite? Oh God, that, well, that requires me to think. From, that's a difficult this. one. From stories you've posted on Instagram. Oh God. You, you have a favorite that is a maybe someone else wouldn't has have has or have as a favorite and i was wondering uh you know what about them makes them your favorite are you talking about jar jar or ben quaterneros or Odie mandrell or <laughs> because we could do <laughs> See, this I love, all day i love how the list goes all the all. um i was referring to jar jar okay second, i mean <laughs> second we, best we ben. all love second we best all love jar jar ben. here but how dare you Fine. First best Ben, unless he's in a fight. 
I don't think you could take Ben Solo in a fight. The real Ben. I mean, fair. Um, no, Jar Jar is just like... I mean, look, the first time I saw the movie, I was seven years old. I had no interest <laughs> in this space thing that my mother watched that had nothing to do with Thomas the Tank Engine, therefore was not for <laughs> me. And uh, I just, I think I called him the Duck Man, because I couldn't give this movie enough attention to actually pay attention to what he was doing. Uh, but I just knew that he was really funny. And I knew that he was really funny because he talked funny and I was seven. And that's about all it takes. But he got funnier and funnier from there. And like, I was mortified to find out that maybe mortified is not the right word. I was horrified to find out that like all these adults hated him and I couldn't figure out why because he was the funniest thing. Then I got a little older and watched the movie and I, I still didn't understand that, but I could see that he was new and different and whatever. Uh, but he it's never left me that first interaction with this movie not caring about anything but Jar Jar. And then through the years, there have just been so many awesome stories about him. I mean, he shows up in the Aftermath novels after Return of the Jedi, and that's just a beautiful little vignette of Jar Jar. But why do I love him so much? I I think because we're all a Jar Jar just trying to be a Qui-Gon. You know? Whoa. Seriously. I like, that. like this is most days, <laughs> right? Like, we're... <laughs> That describes We're, my day. It's, we all have Jar Jar days, and we have Qui-Gon days, but we have more Jar Jar days than Qui-Gon days. And in the end, like Jar Jar is the main character of The Phantom Menace. Yeah, I like that. It's I don't know how true the rumors are that they were actually going to make him like a Sith or not. But I don't think that that feels very retroactive. What? George could have gone anyway, so maybe it was just like he had a bunch of crap written down and whatnot, but... I've always been curious of why he was your favorite. And now that you explain it, I mean, it makes perfect sense. The only thing that I know for certain is that there was a scene cut from Revenge of the Sith where Palpatine thanks Jar Jar, but it's not like, thank you for being like Jar Jar has no idea what the hell he's talking about. And Palpatine's kind of just being a jerk. Yeah. Which is the usual. Thank you for being my accomplice in (laughs) evil. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I've never, I've never understood why Jar Jar really gets that much hate because I mean, he is what he is, and he, that sort of comedy has sort of made its way into every Star Wars thing now. And you know, even in the Mandalorian, you have like Jar Jar type humor that's around. Um, yeah, and it's I mean, I even mean, Frog Lady was kind of along those lines, but I don't yeah. know. Um, and it's timeless. There's there's footage of George sitting in his office watching a physical Buster Keaton comedy and taking notes in the '90s. And somebody on YouTube cut. I'll have to find the link. Somebody cut whatever Buster Keaton film that was from like 1922 with Jar Jar's actions in the battle for Naboo and like shot for shot remake, but Hmm. not in a derivative way. Yeah. Jar Jar's humor is timeless. That's like literally as like silly of humor as you can get as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes perfect sense. And it doesn't, it doesn't take away from the movie, but um, I mean, I guess we'll, We'll move on and keep talking about our favorite characters from Phantom Menace. Uh, we can go to Becca. I think we know who you're going to choose. But <laughs> if you want, if you want to explain, um, you know, maybe the impacts or just you I'm know, pull a wild card out. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, the obvious, yes, is going to be Padme. That's just. I feel like for me, I was the right age that I knew who Leia was, but like, I started watching the prequels first, and like that had such an impact. Um seeing this really cool chick with all these guys, but being like on that same level was really, really fun to grow up with. But also her handmaidens, like Sabe especially, I would say would be my other favorite besides like the main like cast because she's just as cool as Padme, just as like strong and like uh, willful, I guess um, is what I'm looking for. Yeah. And she like will throw her life on the line for Padme, which shows so much loyalty to just this person that she cares for. Um, and it's become more than just like a job to these girls. And that I think shows so much uh, strength. Like it's not just, hey, this is my job. I have to protect you. It's become this like family for them. And I think that mm-hmm. was just one of the coolest things to learn, especially with uh, E.K. Johnson's books, like really going into that and like the power of like, the connections they formed is just amazing 
and it really helps the story like watching that movie again after reading those books uh is is amazing yeah absolutely i mean the the added content outside is it's awesome when that adds to the movies um and i, I was going to ask about ek's books and even the the gregory pack uh vader comic what, what was your reaction when the the amidalans showed up with the, the handmaidens and everything <laughs> um I don't know if I even like had a, f- a feeling because it was so like, oh my God, this is happening. <laughs> like I never imagined yeah. to see them grown up, especially together like that. It was it was kind of surreal. Yeah, that definitely shows how, how strong the bond is between all mm-hmm. of them in the first place. The fact that they've stuck together for so long to actually continue uh, to continue carrying out Padme's will, essentially, yeah. which is incredible. Like yeah, nothing nothing is forcing them to be together still, but they are because it was just that much of an impact. Especially like Padme had that impact. It was because of how caring and thoughtful she was to these girls that they all joined together and like formed this bond. I think it's just it's powerful for young girls especially. Yeah, I mean Padme was sort of our um you know, Leia is our Leia, but Padme was sort of our Leia. Um yeah. as we're all the same age, we sort of grew up with her and yeah. Um, yeah. Those are you know those are all awesome reasons, and she did uh, you know just naming the the clan after her, the Amidalans, and the she pretty much brought in the Phantom Menace. She she's the one to bring Naboo together, the Gungans and the and the Naboo uh, people together. So that was really cool. And Jar Jar, <laughs> Jar Jar helped. And Jar Jar, Jar Jar was the key to all of this. <laughs> hey, Jar Jar gets a, a high this position after this. <laughs> true. <It's> true. Right. <laughs> Top men. Matt, who you got? Uh, so my backup after Panaka was going to be Obi-Wan, just because I specifically remember like Halloween 1999 and my mom made me a little Obi-Wan oh. costume um, <laughs> with the little clip-on braid and everything and the disproportionately giant lightsaber uh, to my little tiny body. It was great. Uh, great time. She made me little boots. <laughs> Never forget. But uh, Obi-Wan is, you know, he's a pretty obvious choice. I was obsessed with Obi-Wan when I was a kid, by the way. He was like my favorite Jedi. But I think, other than the fish, I will say the one thing that stuck out to me most in The Phantom Menace was the pod racing. I was absolutely obsessed with the pod races. I collected all of the you know little uh, micro-machine toys, yes. and we had the game, uh, and all that, like, you know, hands down. So I'm going to say Sebulba. Uh, Sebulba Ooh. is such a cool sleazeball of a character. <laughs> I, first of all, I love his design. I love the Dugs. The Dugs are so cool with their, like, walking on their hands and grabbing things with their feet. Um, and when I was a kid, Sebulba was, like, the main villain in episode one for me because the pod racing was, like, my life, and this guy was a jerk. So to have, to, like, the victory over Sebulba in the pod race was the end of the movie for me because that was it. You know, we did it. We beat Sebulba. Roll the credits. We, <laughs> yep, roll the credits. We got the enough credits to buy TV. T14 hyperdrive generator. We're done. <laughs> Let's go home. Um, I loved the design of his pod racer. Um, I loved him, you know, just slowly taking out all of the other pod racers because that's what I would do when I played the game. <laughs> so I could relate to him. Very relatable. Um, and his his taste in uh, frogs was also great. Um, getting to just eat the frog that Jar Jar tries to eat without having to pay for it. He's so sly. So whoopee, sly. whoopee. It's great. Whoopee, whoopee. <laughs> but yeah, the Dugs is one of my favorite designs of prequel aliens. So, and Sebulba was like just a real, real slime ball. I liked him. Do we see any? that? Well, first of all, that's a curveball of an answer. I, I like it. But um, do we see any Dugs outside of the prequels, really? Or no? We do. There was one recently. Oh, not outside of the prequels. Clone no. Wars. Uh, we see them in the Clone oh. Wars. We see one in Episode Two. Walking into when, Dex's uh, diner. Anakin flies by, and he goes, uh, uh, oh, "Oh no, two. I was thinking yeah. of the other guy." There's, there's the guy, yeah. Jedi there's Poodle. one Jedi Poodle. Yeah. Oh yeah. When they're flying and I by, thought, I used to think that was Sabola. I thought it was Sabola for like years, <laughs> and then I, he's in. Um, oh, there's another one in Dex's diner. Yeah, yeah, there's one that's walking in. Yeah. I bet, you know, I bet those are all Sebulba. <laughs> I bet there's a story to tell there somewhere. I feel like there's one recently. You guys were talking about something, some appearance recently, because Matt was like, it's a Doug! I and think like, there was uh, one in Light of the Jedi mentioned offhand or something. Ooh. I think Possible. there was. I, 
There definitely was. We definitely talked about that. Jamie, who you got? For my favorite characters? Yes. So um, I'm going to have to go with uh, fake Mace Windu. No, I'm kidding. Um, But no, if you've ever ever noticed towards the end, there's uh, everyone, the Jedi and Palpatine are getting off the ship on Naboo and like Palpatine's in the front and they just put Jedi in the background and Mace Windu's back there. But look closely. It's not Mace Windu. He it's has like Mace a Windu. beard, right? Like he it's has a, a different, little. It's a different guy, but he has like hair or something. Totally different guy, but then Mace it Windu does show up at the end, so right. I don't know. Stunt double or something. Yeah, probably. And they could totally cover their tracks by just making him like another random guy, but easily, I don't think they have. Easily. No. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, um, my favorite character in Episode One is Darth Maul. He always has hmm. been. So, uh, obviously. We all grew up around the same time with all of this, but I didn't see The Phantom Menace truly until I was in high school. I wasn't really into Star Wars until high school, which is crazy. Um, but um, so I saw Phantom Menace in the re-release in 2012 in 3D, and the I remember the pod race being totally like incredible. But um, I had seen it like before that, but I saw it in theaters during that time as well. But I just remember Darth Maul was always my favorite character, and then. After I saw it in theaters, for some reason, I had a weird mini obsession with Darth Maul, and I just had a lot of random stuff. <laughs> so there's, like, a lot of, like, random merch that I have that's, like, from, like, 2011, 2012 era that's, like, Darth Maul. It's, like, little, like, action figures and, like, little cars and, like, folders for school. And, like, I, like, <laughs> keep my tax papers, like, in a Darth Maul folder now because I'm just, like, okay, here it is. And he just he just always intrigued me. And then... um obviously down the road we've gotten his story just straight up flushed out and it's like whoa did not see that one coming and it's just it's just so rewarding to be like oh yeah i always like liked him but whatever and i don't know i didn't know that he had like a huge like cult following until like recently and now i'm like oh yeah well okay but yeah he was always my favorite character in episode one it was it was great they brought him back Um, yeah Mm because I have a I have a good friend who loves Star Wars, but he doesn't really watch the animated stuff and whatnot, unfortunately. And he was like, um, you know, we'd play like Battlefront or something, and someone would be Maul, and he's like, ah, oh, Maul's lame, like you know, he dies, and I'm like, well, not really. And then <laughs> Solo came out, and he's at the end, and he's like, oh, like what? Like Maul's alive? And then now he has a greater appreciation for Maul after going down the Wikipedia page. And I love about, it, but. And then, like, Maul oh, never man. was lame, like, in the movie either. Yeah, he dies, quote-unquote, at the end, but he's never lame during the movie. I mean, like, mm. are we he... going to talk about the realist beef between him and Qui-Gon all of a sudden? I mean, like... <laughs> There's an argument to be made that Maul is a weak character in the context of the prequels because he kind of just doesn't play into the greater narrative, but that's not a weakness of the Phantom Menace. In the Phantom Menace, he's exactly what he needs to be. Yeah. Right. It's all part yeah, of the I mean, plan. He's, yeah. <laughs> I remember being little and he's he's scary. And his little theme, which I guess we hear in Tross with the chant, it's like a, I remember that like creeping me out when I was a kid. Yeah, the Sith oh, yeah. whispering. The Sith whispering. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, well. That uh, whole scene, I never understood that as a kid. And like, I remember my mom was also confused by it and just, but it's so good when you, I don't know. It's it's a good character moment for all of them because Obi Wan's impatient at the gates, and Qui Gon's trying to center himself, and Maul's pacing and being dramatic. It's perfect. Maul is a drama queen. If you want to be a Sith Lord, you have to be dramatic. Period. Exactly. <laughs> Them's the rules. That brings me to my favorite character, which is of course Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah. Of course. He's always. I mean, the the older I get, the more I like Qui Gon. He's kind of just like. To me, he's kind of the perfect Jedi. Yes. You know, he's not he's not like too arrogant like some of the other guys. Gatumindi, cough cough. I don't know. Uh, Mace Windu. But he's um I don't know, he he just gets it. And um in Master and Apprentice, you know, it's his he's explained even more in, in just a great way by Claudia Gray. Some people call him maybe more of a gray Jedi, but I think a he is closer to a gray Jedi than most, maybe, but he's, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but he's just the perfect Jedi in my mind. I mean, yeah, he's not, but he's not, like, tapping into the dark side or anything. He's just rejecting this Jedi dogma that has sort of gotten in the way of their relationship with the Force itself. The Jedi are more exactly. in tune with the Republic than the Force in The Phantom Menace, and that's yeah. ultimately their downfall. Have you read... um 
confusingly, I think it has the same title, Master and Apprentice, but the short story. Oh, that's a good Qui Gon moment. Huh. It's quite. What is I'm writing it down. <laughs> he writes Qui Gon really well. He, uh, it, what AJ said about uh, Cla- Claudia Gray and Qui Gon is 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 very good because she handles his yes. character yeah. very well. Ryan, did you want to, was there a trivia thing you wanted to do? <laughs> yes, what? yes. I was developing this for something else, but I have, no. uh, what did I call it? It has a long title, but it's the, it's the five hardest questions about the Phantom Menace that somebody who's only seen the Phantom Menace and not any other Star Wars production <laughs> could still theoretically answer. I think, um, I think we should do oh, it. Boy. All right, Uh-oh. there's only five. Whoever gets the most right is pronounced Bombad Jenny Ray, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Uh, okay, okay. All right. I guess one of these you would have to have seen others. Okay. Uh, how many Jedi appear in The Phantom Menace, but no other Star Wars films or TV shows? Okay. This is going to be a lot of dead air, so I'll just give you. It's two of them. Can anybody name one? Not Mace Windu. <laughs> not Mace Windu. Yeah, not Shoot. Mace okay, maybe that's there's a, three. All right. <laughs> we'll count it. Um, she gets She gets is, the point. You said you no said other no Star other, Wars like, films or TV shows. TV shows yeah. or anything? Two of is them this... are not in anything else. But and they're in the Phantom is, Menace. Okay. Would one be like um, Stas Ali's sister? Okay, so I, will, I don't remember her name. Adi Galia. She's in Attack of the Clones. That's Adi Galia. She's uh, in Clone Wars. And she's in a game. All right, all right. Never mind. Oh, I didn't even think mm-hmm. of games. But I'm, I just mean um, in terms of the canon. Movies and TV shows. Okay, okay. I'd go with uh, Yaddle, right? Yes. I was going to say Yaddle. Boom. Damn it. Yaddle. Uh-huh. And whew. see, I had three on. on, And you're saying two. Depa It is two. Not Depa. Depa's no, in De- uh, Attack of the Clones. She's on the council. And oh, right, 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 right. right. And she appears technically in season seven of Clone Wars too. With oh, that's right. Young yeah, the projection. Oh, it's. I have two, but it's a fifty-fifty, and I don't know which one. What's your guess? Say. You seem to be the only one who has any ideas. Go for it. All right, I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to say Yarl Poof. Yep. That's oh. the one. That's the one. See, it was like, a hell wow. of a backstory wow. in Robot Chicken. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> so where does oh, Oppo Rancisus appear again? Attack of the Clones. He even uncurls his tail, which, as far as anybody oh needs to know, God. didn't arouse me at all. His um, tail. <laughs> I have to find it. He's one long tail. He does. He is a long tail. Yes, I want to see him fight someday. Yeah, he survived Order sixty six. Come on, Did guys. He really? I didn't well, yeah, know we're that. Sitting on, we're sitting on Oppo Rancis' Surviving Order 66. What are we doing? What's Disney Plus doing messing around with Obi-Wan Kenobi and Cassie and Andor <laughs> when that's there? Come on, dude. No Obi-Wan. Give me Oppo. Oppo <laughs> Rancis. Yes. 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 Jeez. But Ewan McGregor still plays him, but he uses his natural Scottish <laughs> accent to do so. Sure. <laughs> I'm just like picturing it. Ian McGregor in a snake suit just slithering around. <laughs> I'm often picturing that, good. so I'm glad someone's with me. so there is one pod racer where the cockpit was in front and the engines were behind it what color was it (laughs) what color was it blue yeah it was blue good job who's the last character mentioned by name in the phantom menace anakin yes Uh, oh palpatine says to him young skywalker yes great interest oh yeah uh, battle droids that are in command roles have a shape painted on their chest. What shape is it and what color is it? Yellow half circle. Orange triangle. Yellow full circle. Close enough. Oh. You get half the point. Roger, Roger. Okay, okay. <laughs> and how many times is the planet Malice there mentioned? Three this times. This is my favorite question. Yes. Oh, total shot. What is this? Who the heck mentioned Malice? Everybody's the bomb bad Jedi. Uh, <laughs> Qui Gon. <laughs> Our boy Panaka, and the senator from Malastare. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. I remember senator from Malastare for sure. And Qui Gon says they that. have pod racing, and then oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yes, they do. That's yeah. one of my favorite lines mm-hmm. for some reason. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. Panaka says one of the chancellor candidates is from Malastare. Oh, wow. right, right. Look right. at that. Yeah. Okay. Look at wow. this. That's a great question. <laughs> Thank okay. you. I'm, I'm, that's my favorite of these. That's the one that will make it into the bigger trivia quiz. I was going to mention earlier, um, my favorite character is actually the uh, B1 Battle Droids. But, yes. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I so live for fun. the Roger Rogers. 
not a day goes by that I don't think about wanting to get a life-size battle droid, and I look at 3D prints, and then I remember my 3D printer can barely print anything, and I'm like, today is not that day. <laughs> and that's that. <laughs> You'll know you've made it when we'll have a life-size B1 battle droid sitting sitting in the room Yeah, with he's, us just, he's just going to chill with Phantom me in the, in the office here. He'll be like sitting on the yes. windowsill and be like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, I want to build on. I mean, like, at, at this point, like, I like walk by our like a uh, black series figure display, and we have um, we have a regular battle droid, and then we have the heavy one. So he's like painted like uh the rusty red with the uh, the black accents, and they're both just sitting on the edge of the shelf with their like legs dangling over the edge. And <laughs> every time I walk by, in my head, I'm just like, hey, uh, you know what happened today? Yeah, this is going on. Oh no, that didn't happen. I like make these like cra- crazy voices in my head that don't even sound like a battle droid, but. Then they have this full so conversation. That I said to him. <laughs> so then I said, "I to love him, that troll." Like I, I can't, I can't. <laughs> I love the I battle about troll. I, That episode troll. is so stupid, but it's so funny. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> That's another Phantom Menace connection. We see the angels on a moon of Iego. Ooh, true. In that episode, yeah, really. Hot the damn. Phantom Menace laid all the seeds, man. Laid all the eggs. Eggs get. Seeds get planted, eggs get laid. <laughs> the Phantom Menace laid seeds and planted eggs, baby. So was that all the questions? Because that was fun. That was all the questions. That was good. That was good. I'll, I'll come up with more. Thank you. Thank you. Next time we celebrate a movie, I'll have some weird ones, too. Mm. We won't do as well of a job, though. I'll uh, say that. Say that. <laughs> yeah, this is the... We all have your... Yeah, we have our doctorate in the Phantom Menace. This is true. <laughs> so usually it's kind of become a tradition... Ryan just asked us five questions, but we usually have the guests ask everyone a question. So, Becca, if you want to ask us a question for all of us to answer. Something within the oh. realm of Star Wars, though. <laughs> yeah, it could, yeah, it could be anything Star Wars related. Like an opinion question or like a... Uh, just anything, anything, I don't know. It's an um, unfortunate, very broad category. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm, my, my first thought was everyone's lightsaber color okay i like that that's a good question not just like favorite but like what you would like i guess just personal what you feel is yours i forget like what each of the colors really like symbolize like i know yellow by now means like the guardians and whatnot but so i have a question for lightsabers in general and kyber crystals in general what is the current background of what it means because i was under the impression I that i think there is one. lightsaber kyber crystals there isn't. um they they're clear and then they turn the color of whoever finds them you don't find colored crystals is that yeah. true yeah that is it yeah. it's yeah besides the yeah. red okay. crystals having been bled by a dark sider and corrupted there's really not any current lore and i kind of like that you know it's mysterious nobody really knows yes yeah. the okay. i do like cool. that the whole color thing was just a role-playing class thing i think but yeah like knights of the old republic yeah. Yeah. Like, oh you found this red crystal playing pizak and it's like all right yeah every time that we've like tried to like uh, discuss like uh, lightsaber colors before aj's like oh isn't it you find a specific color and that's it? And I'm like, no, no, no. You, you, you get a plain one and they all look the same. And then it turns whatever color it connects with you with. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. We see that in Clone Wars. We see that in uh, Fallen Order. Yeah. We also Fallen know Order. that you can yeah. change the color of your crystal by just angling it differently, apparently. We see that. Really? <laughs> it, what? Yeah. We, well, we, first of all, we see that in Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, but that, you know, you that's can, a gameplay. But... Uh, Dave Filoni says that <laughs> Anakin turned Ahsoka's lightsabers from green to blue in season True. seven by angling the crystals differently. So oh, it's kind of like huh. All right. half canon, I guess. All right. I always thought that was just because like they, he connected with them and like his lightsaber is blue and therefore to him, all lightsabers yeah. must be blue. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, like that, that's how I always like pictured that one. Yeah. I mean, because the Ahsoka's were um, the green and yellow, correct? It was yeah. like a greenish, yellowish. It was green like a yellowish. Yeah, more than because it was yeah. weird. Yeah, green and yeah. mucus. That's a good description. Yeah, that's a, that's what she connected and saw them as, and obviously that's what everyone else would see them as. But like because Anakin like rebuilt them, um, he Anakin them. He saw them yeah. as blue because he's just like lightsaber be blue. They're going to be blue, and that's that's it. And like that's how I took it. Um, but to so answer, getting back uh, on the topic, question, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Right, right, right. <laughs> There's the history right there. 
So I would choose orange. Nice. Orange. Nice. That's what I chose in Fallen Order. I don't really know why. Um, but yeah, I'd go orange. Nice. For um, for me, for lightsaber color, I would pick a minty green teal. That's uh, been, been my thing for the past like year and a half, two years or so. I like latched onto it for some reason for like my like original character for my Jedi, and I'm just like, oh, this is it. This is the one. And it's become a thing in which people think that that's my favorite color, but no, purple is my favorite color. <laughs> and I would love to have a purple lightsaber, but however, the mint green teal is is where it's at. Like it's it's just unique enough, and I I love it. Yeah, I love the color of your saber. Yeah, I, that's thank a you. Good one. <laughs> I it, it fades way too quickly. I have to try to figure that out, but that's another task for another day. <laughs> For my favorite color, anybody who knows me knows that I make up like arbitrary rules for myself. This is um, true. I adhere to my own strict canon. Like uh, <laughs> when I went to Universal, when I went to the Harry Potter world, I took the Pottermore quiz to figure out what wand I got and then bought it at Harry Potter world because you can't choose your <laughs> Those wand. Are the the rules. wand chooses you. Yeah. yeah. These are the rules. Accurate. So way back in 2006, I believe. I was another Jedi for Halloween. I was my own Jedi. So my mom made my costume again. Uh, and I was, it's great. It's awesome. Uh, the best costume I've ever worn on Halloween. Love it. And they bought me a lightsaber that was green. So even though blue is my favorite lightsaber color, and I used to fight with blue lightsabers all the time, like on the street with my friends, green is my lightsaber color. Um, and I picked green when I went to Galaxy's Edge and made my own saber. Um, so it's kind of like linked to me because again, the crystal chooses the color, not you. So I, I unless I angle the crystal, but I'm not going to do that. So it's green. <laughs> I go with green because arbitrarily, that's what my lightsaber color is when I'm when I'm a Jedi. I love it. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I love these fake rules that you make up for yourself. Like I it never <laughs> ceases yeah, to man, amaze me. Like I, I I love it. Every week, I'm constantly like, "What is going on in that brain of yours?" Like I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know, so don't even ask me. What are you... Okay, I'll ask a question. Yeah, let's do it. Favorite pod racers? Ooh. As in oh, racers God. and design. Oh. Shoot. Mm. <laughs> now that's a good one. What's the one that is like one big circle and it kind of looks like one of like Thanos' ships? Oh, uh, is that Team Yeah, no. Team Tail has yeah. the yeah. Team Topagli's like. Yep. I, I like that one. That's yeah. my favorite. That's my favorite design. Yeah. But I guess I'll have to think of another one. Oh no, you can pick that one too. I just, I just can't remember I, like the names of the pod racers. Like I love I like that sequence, too. but like I can't remember the name of them. The only, okay, so I, the only name I have I can it pulled up in Dud front Bolt, of me. But... <laughs> <laughs> I love Dud Bolt. Dud my favorite. Dud Bolt Dude, looks Dud incredible though. Dudbolt's razor lightsaber, razor lightsaber, razor pod racer. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen his his two engines? They're literally just like razors that you shave with. They straight like, up. Li like Qui Gon's oh, um, yeah. communicator is another kind of razor. Yeah. He's got two like <laughs> barber razors on his pod razor. It's nuts. Uh, so I guess for me, I would say my favorite pod racer is Mars Glow. Right. Because I really like the noise he makes when he goes. Rawr. Rawr. I'll never forget that. That's stuck in my brain. I knew um, what noise that was going to be before. Like I didn't know based on the name Mars Guo, but when you said that there was a noise, I knew what the noise was. So. Yes, iconic. Yep. <laughs> it's absolutely iconic, no question about it. And my favorite pod, mm, I guess my favorite pod racer would be uh, Odie Mandrell's pod racer. I really like it. Um, I like the Three Stooges esque. Um, <laughs> and it's all droid uh, team. Pit droids love that. Uh, love when he gets sucked through the engine and comes out on the other side, like thrilled. It's great. <laughs> yeah, the other guys are like, "Oh, you made it." I Is love he the, the one droids. that the deleted scene? It shows like his family. Or was no, that? no, that's Rats Tyrell. Oh god, the only pod racer uh, confirmed to die during the Bunta Classic. R.I.P. Don't Damn. make me sad. That's Although, why they showed his family. I know. <laughs> Isn't there a side story where one of the other pod racers disappears? Neva Key, he disappears. He's the one with yes. the blue pod racer with the engines in the back. <laughs> there you go. Look at that. Yes, that's confirmed mm. in that like crime book that I told you guys about. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scum uh, and villainy. Yes, that's it. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you ever notice that Rats Tyrell's kids are playing with toy pod racers and they're making their dad's pods smash into Sebulba's? 
Oh no. Oh, and that delayed scene. I think I had noticed that. Yep. Yeah. That's so tragic. I know. That's tragic. <laughs> so Boba had it coming. I'm so glad they got rid of that because that literally just makes me sad thinking yeah. about it. I couldn't, yeah. couldn't carry on with Rats Tyrell's uh, family. Rats Tyrell should be a Jesus. young childless man with no friends. So there's no sadness right. in my pod race. Did you ever in read fact, the comic? He should also be a criminal. There's, there's that too. Yes. There was a, a comic, I think on StarWars.com back in the day where like the night before the Padres, Bull's Roar was singing some concert because he's a pop star who just happens to Padres and he was wasted. And he like, Ben Quadaneros accidentally makes a noise during the set and Bull's just starts harassing him brutally. And he's like, you couldn't race. You couldn't race Quadaneros. You couldn't race. And he enters and like Bulls had made some bet that Ben Quaternaros would never even enter a pod race. So even though he didn't get past the starting line, just by entering, Ben oh. Quaternaros was set for life. Huh. That's get you know what? That's oh that's God. a happy ending. You're I right? was worried that you were gonna tell me he had to win the race because no. we obviously know that doesn't happen. I love no. this. Yeah, pod racing. Clone tales. Wars. Anakin had a Ben Quaternaros poster in his room or something. He did in the Clovis yep. arc. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. <laughs> Why did he have that? <laughs> there is actually an answer to that question. Because I think it was Kyle Newman who directed Fanboys had like a running joke on social media and on podcasts and everything that Dave Filoni was a coward if he didn't put Ben Quaternaros in the show. <laughs> and then he finally... That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Does that really count hmm. though? If it's just a poster? I think Kyle counted it. It, it's better than okay, he expected. Okay. I would, I'd count it. Yeah. Huh. I've always wondered that. So yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Matt, I love how you asked this question and we're just like throwing out random pod racer fun facts. <laughs> that's, that's what this is all about, dude. You ask the question as a frame, but you never you never just get straight answers. You got to go on like yeah. different tangents. I mean, that's the fun of this. You get it. I don't know what my favorite... I think my favorite racer is probably... My favorite machine is probably Saboba's because I like how it goes... my favorite color. What a noise. Right? The sound design on the pod racers alone. Yeah. And they're all a little different. Yeah. I mean, George was like a grease monkey street racer as a kid, so he's just drawing on that. It's brilliant. I think... Sober, my favorite character is Team Topag. Like, if the racer is sober, <laughs> Team Topagalis, because he's okay. fun and helpful in the Phantom Menace game. And he looks like a puppy. Yes, he is. Yeah. Drunk Bull's Roar is my favorite, because he is a chaos god. Okay, okay. I like it. These are good choices. <laughs> Thank you. What about you, Vic? Um, I actually <laughs> was going to say, for racer, uh, Rats Tyrell. I just always oh. thought he was cute, oh. and I like that species. I have no other reason besides that, <laughs> but I feel like that's good enough because he's adorable. That's perfect. Um, I love it. Yeah. But I, I'm going to be generic and Anakin's pod racer was always my favorite. He had such a cool Hell look yeah. to it and the sound. I just, I, I could listen to it all day and look at it all day. Mm. It's just beautiful. Yeah. And it's just it cute. It's cute like Anakin. Yeah. Yeah. Cobb right. Vanth agrees with for you. Vanth, it's I was going to say, that was out of all the things that happened in that first episode with Cobb, like that was probably the, the top one. That was somehow, so cool. Somehow, just putting along, and it's it's the engine. Like, yeah, and the yeah. look he gives Mando. He's like, oh, look I what guess. I got. <laughs> that caught me off guard. I was so happy about that. Ryan, did you know that? Uh, Bull's Roar appears in episode two as well. No. Oh wait. Yeah. Yes, he's on the screen. He's on the screen the in the in the. Yeah, yes. he's one of the pod racers. Because I remember back the, in, the, in the TV. Yeah. Back in the day, so I used to live on StarWars.com when I was in elementary school. Yes, the yeah. data bank. Yeah, all oh, the I've, data bank oh, was cool. Do you remember the Ask the Jedi Council feature? I don't. You could never do this today on the internet in 2021. But basically, all of the department heads on The Phantom Menace, plus Steve Sansweet, who was head of uh, PR at Lucasfilm at the time, were just available. And anybody could send a question. Wow. And you could ask stuff about the movie they were working on then. And you could ask, like, really niche things to, like, the production designer or the on-set VFX supervisor. It was. It's probably why I got into film, to be honest. But one of them asked oh, Steve man. Sansweet 
is there going to be pod racing in episode two, like two years out? And Steve said, yes, that was the whole answer. And it was all I needed to hear. And then when the movie wow. came out, that same person, I think, wrote in really mad. And Steve was like... <laughs> well, he answered the question. He, was, he didn't lie. Right? And it's Steve was yeah. like, you need to look a little closer in the nightclub. And that night, I was going to see it again with my dad. And oh my God. <laughs> or no, I think that oh was right God. when the, we were going to get the DVD. Because I think that was sometime after. Yeah. And then the next time I watched it, there it was. Yeah, because that's borderline blink and you miss it. So, but yeah. it's there. So funny you mentioned the data bank because my entire like child internet experience was the Star Wars data bank. And my parents yes. will tell you they used to get mad at me all the time because what I used to do, and I don't know why I did it, but I used to, I used to go on every page and just download every picture on every page. <laughs> And we ran out of space on our computer multiple times because I would just jump on the databank after school and just spend the entire afternoon downloading every single picture I could get my hands on. What would you do with them? No, I just saved them in a folder. <laughs> I just saved them in a folder, named them, and I'd be like, wow, look at this. Did you intend to like print them oh. out or something as one does in the early nope. 2000s? You didn't? I told you, I have no idea why I did it. I just did it. It was I just one of those things. Did. It was like a hobby. Just, oh, time to save pictures from Star Wars databank. You did it in it's case you ever needed o'clock. to. Yeah. <laughs> time to download my photos. <laughs> oh, time to jump on again. You knew that it would be good podcast content in 20 years. That's right. Oh. That's right. Perfect. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Oh, man. Uh, okay. it's, it sounds like, though, Ask a Jedi was pretty much um, Twitter. <laughs> basically, <laughs> yeah, this is Twitter now, basically. Yes. Twitter now? with, like, 12 people. And it was... Tweeting at Pablo Hidalgo, but instead of getting angry answers, you're actually getting real answers. <laughs> real answers, because yes. it's Poor just Pablo. going in the form of an email to them, and they're Poor just like, Pablo. oh yeah, here you go. Yeah, and then eventually, yes. I think Steve got sick of being, I mean, look, being the Star Wars canon guy is exhausting, and I think Steve oh, kind of yeah. got sick of that, because that's not his job, and Pablo knew it was exhausting, but between Steve and Pablo, they just had Jocasta knew, and you could ask the character questions and she would respond in character. But she was answering original trilogy stuff. And somebody wrote in like, how can you answer that? You were probably dead. And she was just like, it, it was a very long response. But it basically just said, dude, this isn't real. You're wasting our time. Come on. <laughs> That's great. Oh, wow. It was oh, nice. It was much it. nicer than that. But that was the that was the tone. And that was a very Jocasta new tone. And I appreciate that. It is. You're absolutely right. She <laughs> wouldn't. She wouldn't humor anybody. No, she doesn't. Attack Look, for you. kid, I'm not real. <laughs> if it doesn't appear anyway. in our records, it doesn't exist. <laughs> exactly. Uh... <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> Every What's time, your favorite Jamie. pod racer? Oh, okay. <laughs> I think we all. I think at this point we all already answered that. So. Yeah, we yeah. did. I'm gonna go with the uh, Aura Singh watching from the ramp. <laughs> Oh, oh I, I, I love that little add-on. The only time you see her, dude. She, it's so funny. They they made her for the action figures, and then they were gonna put her in episode two. And then George was like, "You know that shapeshifter alien that we were gonna make Count Dooku? Let's make her the assassin instead." And then they That's scrapped right. Singh and they made Zam Wessel the the bounty hunter. And it's like Singh had like no part in anything. And then she's killed off screen in Solo. In Solo, yeah. RIP to a real one. <sighs> <laughs> but she got to shine in Clone Wars. She was oh, yeah. she was mean. oh yeah, she great, she's amazing, but mean. Indirectly, to connect two things together that we talked about, as is the podcaster way, if it wasn't for Aura Singh, we wouldn't have Ben Quadaneros in Clone Wars because hmm. Jamie King played Aura Singh in the Clone Wars, and she's married to director Kyle Newman, who was the one on oh. Dave Filoni's ass about getting. Ben in there. Wow. There it is. <laughs> Perfect. Full circle. Wow. Full circle. it all together, guys. Star Wars is like all coming together. The circle is now complete. Did we cover everything? Did I miss anything? I Well, uh, is there any Phantom Menace you want to talk about? Because this was a Phantom Menace episode. So is if there's anything you want to say, say it now or forever hold your peace on the Phantom Menace. We're not going to talk about it again. I'm Ever. kidding. I mean, <laughs> what? Never? <laughs> <laughs> oh. We got to fake Mace Windu, so I think we covered it all. I think. Fake Mace. Probably not. I love that other fake people mace. know about Fake Mace. I Dude, oh, fake yeah. mace is great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jamie literally does the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. I, like jump jump the off TV the couch. And oh, I love, there he is. I love it. I 
I do that at two points in the movie for fake Mace Windu. And so I also do when Qui-Gon and Padme walk into Mos Espa and R2 is behind them and Jar Jar is behind them. And Qui-Gon just uh, yes. steps over a pile of poop. And then yes. Jar Jar steps in the poop. <laughs> and then R2 oh, slides yeah. right through the poop. So it, oh, it's, I don't know it's just R2 perfect. slides through it. R2 goes oh, yeah. right through it. Does R2 roll through the poop? He changes trajectory to, to do go it. He is the poop. not he going to roll in the poop. You can he see changes, it. He changes his trajectory so that he does plow right through. But yeah, that's uh, that's this is why it's a comfort movie because I can just laugh at poop jokes without any <laughs> any guilt whatsoever. In any other movie, I'd be totally disgusted. Put it in the Phantom Menace. That's the one. It's, that is yes. the one. And the famous uh, EOP fart. scene right after oh, the epic uh, flag <laughs> ceremony. Oh, the epic yeah. flag ceremony. It's like my favorite. Uh, it's like one of my favorite songs. But whenever I listen to it on its own, I I mentally add the fart into the music. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the Holland Up Marauders podcast. I want to thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, AJ. Thank you, Matt. And thank you to our special guests, Ryan and Becca, for coming on this week. Thank you, Pesto, as well. But you know you're right there the entire time. You can follow us on Twitter for more updates at Holland Up Marauder. Follow us on Instagram at Holland Up Marauders. You can check out our website at hollandupmarauders.com. And if you're so inclined, check out our Patreon. Just search for Holland Up Marauders. 